0: Hello baseball fans, welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year and then we're gonna do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It is now the 28th day of November, 2016. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside of a beautiful Little League park in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and Los Angeles Dodgers center fielder, Jock Peterson. I've done some podcasts at this baseball field before. It's a beautiful baseball field with great fences, great scoreboard, and quite frankly, your pal Sully is missing baseball. You know, baseball was played earlier this month, wasn't it? yeah it was played earlier this month, I think the the World Series was played in yeah early November. It's still and it seems like it's been over for a long long time maybe it's because of the, the presidential election. It seems like it's been over a lot longer. but uh, man, I'm missing it. I'm missing it I had the weekend and I' flipped on a football game. I watched a little bit of Miami versus the 49ers and it's not the same. It's just not the same. Uh, I want to talk about something, though, because this is a article that came out in the Los Angeles Times that I noted the other day that made me really kind of scratch my head. Um, I, I'm going to have on uh, uh, Justin McGuire, the former uh, uh, baseball editor of the sporting news, we talked about in a little previews. We talked about teams that had a sense of urgency about them. We both agreed the LA Dodgers have a sense of urgency about them to, to finally win. They've poured in all this money and they have the greatest pitcher currently playing in Clayton Kershaw. So, yeah, we both agreed that they, they've got to win. There, there's a tremendous amount of pressure for them to win. But this article. By uh, uh, Bill Shakelin. Is that how you pronounce the name? Shakin I think it is. Forgive me. I never say his name out loud. I read his stuff all the time. After the headline, After $1 billion in player spending, Dodgers under MLB mandate to cut debt. So, I was basically thinking the Dodgers have to go all in big time. Now, they, no one spends quite like the Dodgers. Nobody burns through money quite like the L.A. Dodgers. Their payroll is the highest of all time. And yet they're holes on the team. And the mentality being you have the, the brain trust that put a contender on the field with the Tampa Bay Rays and no money, you give, you give them the Dodgers and resources, they should put together a pennant winner just about every damn year. And from their point of view, and from the front office point of view, all they can really do is get them to the postseason. They can't do much more than that because then it's just winning three games out of five, then four games out of seven, four games out of seven. And so getting to the point where you're one of the division winners is really all the front office can do when when you really stop and think about it. Then it turns into who gets hot at the right time. Now, last year, this last World Series, you happen to see the Chicago Cubs were the best team in baseball, and they went right through and they won the whole damn thing. But they were really one swing from three batters away from losing the World Series. And let's face it, they won, th- what, uh, two one-run games against San Francisco. If the Giants... Were able to score a pair of runs in Game One, or hold on to a three-run lead in Game uh, Four. The Cubs could very well have been a team that, oh, they won a hundred some odd games in the regular season, but you know, lost in the postseason. And people bemoan the fact that the Giants keep winning in the postseason. But in a way, you can't, you can't operate in with a mentality other than we're got to get our teams to October and get a shot. And hope you get hot. The Indians got hot at the right time. They swept the Red Sox. They damn nearly swept the Cleveland Indians. And they took a three-game-to-one lead on the Cubs. I mean, they just... And, and they, they got... They had two bad games in a row that forced the classic game seven. But, you know, the Indians got hot at the right time. If you looked at the win-loss records, you know, it should have been... The, the World Series should have been the Cubs versus the Texas Rangers. The Rangers had home field advantage throughout the postseason. You know, ask the Washington Nationals. You know, they got, they're they good enough to get to the, to the postseason but not go far. So the, the front office for the Dodgers should be congratulated in a way because they've won the division four straight years. 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Boom, 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 boom. They inherited a team that was filing bankruptcy, for God's sake, and had the crazy McCourts basically using the team as their own personal ATM machine in the middle of a contentious, very public divorce, and to look up and say they turned that team into four straight division titles? That's pretty great. That's really great. And yet, there is a tremendous amount of pressure on them. And now the specter of do they have to reduce costs because of debt rules that they have in Major League Baseball. And, you know, some of the stuff is financial stuff that I don't quite get. But it looks like they can't go on the you know adding the spending spree and everything that I think that they kind of need to sort of do. That even though they have the highest payroll in, in, in baseball. They have massive holes on the team. Now, some of them came from injury, to be fair, but some of them is a lack of depth. Now, they have young players on their team who are coming on their own. You know, Corey Seager is an MVP candidate in his rookie year, and he could be the type of player you build the team around. And maybe Jock Peterson can rebound and continue his rebound, and maybe a rejuvenated Yasiel Puig could be involved in this. But, there's still holes on that team. There's still holes in the depth of their bullpen. There's there's still injury plague in their rotation. And is this a sign that they'll have to make deals to dump salary? Is this a sign that they won't be able to re-sign Turner or Kenley Jansen? And I don't think you realize if you drop Jansen from this team, yes, 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 closers are... I don't want to say they're easy to replace, but you can be creative in replacing a closer. But Jansen was a tremendous closer, one of the few difference-making closers in all of baseball last year. And the Dodgers' strength, sure as crap, is not their bullpen right now. So to lose the most reliable piece of that pen is quite dangerous. Now, the Dodgers have one major thing in their favor, and that's geography. Now, I am kind of of the belief that I kind of sort of want to see the end of divisions. Divisions were created in the late 60s because they wanted to, they were, expansion had made it so having just one team make it to the postseason was kind of, I don't know, a little dated. And to create a playoff system, they created divisions. East and West for the National League, East and West for the American League. The champions of each division would play each other in championship series, then go on to the World Series. They've since expanded and expanded and expanded. Now, I think the purpose of the division, especially in a wildcard era, has gone past its, its need. I would like to see the five best teams get in, regardless of what their division is. Teams four and five have to play a one-game play-in. And so it gives you an incentive to be one of the top three teams. And with that, you would have seen a situation where when you have a wildcard team that's significantly better than a division winner, it doesn't reward a division winner simply because of geography. We saw that a few years ago when the three best teams in baseball were the Cardinals, Cubs, and Pirates. But the Cubs and Pirates had to play a one game playoff for the wild card because of the fact that they were all three of them were in the central division. And you saw that the Mets and the Dodgers went right to the division series even though they had inferior records. Now that was a little bit of a fluke, but I also think that, you know what? The divisions kind of no longer serve that purpose that I think they once did. I think that you could have just the league and you set up the playoffs, and these are the the teams that are the, the playoff teams. But as it stands right now, there will be a National League West next year, and that does fit well into the Dodgers' prospects of winning a fifth straight division title because realistically, they have one challenger, and that's the San Francisco Giants. Now, the Giants will remain a good team. Any team that puts uh, Baumgartner, Cueto, and Moore at the top of the rotation and has the likes of Pence and uh, Posey in the lineup will remain a viable, good-quality team. Probably a mid-80s win team, possibly as high as a 90-win team if luck falls on their side and they have some good fortune, and they improve their bullpen. Now, the other teams in the division, the Padres, are in mid-rebuild. There's no way they're going to be ready. The Rockies and the Diamondbacks are two organizations that are constantly in a state of disarray. So it helps the Dodgers to know that they have one main challenger for the West— And that they don't have to worry about being in a situation where there are multiple really good teams in their division. I think both the Braves and the Phillies are maybe a year or two away from being a contender in the East. But they are certainly being smart in how they're putting their team together. And before long, contenders like the Mets and the Nationals are going to get big-time challenges. Not quite sure what the Pirates are going to be at this point, but they still have talent on their team, and along with the Cardinals, will put a nice challenge to the Chicago Cubs next year. The Dodgers play in a division, they play more in-division games, and they should be able to win in the high 80s without much effort. But with that being said, that's not going to mean that much to win another division title and call it an early October. If they're bandaging up debt, that means at one point they're going to start chugging bodies over the side. And if they're piling up debt and need to cut payroll, then you could see them in a situation where they have an obvious need, whether it's an injury in their starting pitching staff, an injury to their their bullpen, one of their good solid young players not coming together as nicely as they had hoped not being able to fill in, not being able to bring back Turner or Jansen and the players they use to cut and paste and fill in those holes may not be as effective, that's when you could look up and say, huh, maybe this isn't working out And you see an era where the Dodgers win multiple division titles and walk away without even a trip to the World Series to show for it. So the best thing in the Dodgers' favor at this point is the name at the top of the organizational chart. No, not Magic Johnson or Kasten or the other people who are the owners of the team, but the General Manager and the President of Baseball Operations, Andrew Friedman. Andrew Friedman's been here before. Andrew Friedman's been in charge of a Tampa Bay squad that had lots of talent and lots of ability and constantly had to shed its payroll. And with that, was able to stay a contender almost every year between 2008 and 2013. Going to the postseason in 2008, 2010, 2011, and 2013 along the way, and seeing huge changes in their personnel along the way, gigantic turnover, and still putting together a quality product. Well, now we have L.A., one of the biggest markets in the world, one of the biggest media markets in the world, the highest attendance in the world, and suddenly he's having to go back to that well of how do you do this? and not just throw money at the problem. They were throwing money at the problem at one point, especially before Friedman arrived. They put together the highest payroll and had massive holes on the team. They held off making the trade for Cole Hamels, holding on to the Seegers and the Uriases and some other players, thinking we're going to need some good, cheap talent along the way. And this is when it will be tested big time, because you see when teams have to make financial decisions, the desire to win a World Series goes down the proverbial tubes and flushed and flushed twice to make sure nothing comes back up. They don't want to grab a plunger. They make these decisions, and this is when you see teams start to rebuild and start to make decisions that are clearly based upon cost-cutting. I can't help but wonder if the reason that Zach Grinke wound up as an Arizona Diamondback, the reason why they didn't sign a big, huge, honking free agent pitcher like David Price or Johnny Cueto in the previous offseason, and they held off trading for Cole Hamels, even though it made all the sense in the world for him to go to L.A. in the 2015 season. And hell, the 2016 season for that matter, but the Rangers weren't about to deal him. I can't help but wonder if that was because of money issues that were floating around. I remember the Mets, right around the time they were getting swindled by Madoff, started making moves and sort of like, why aren't they going for this player? Why are they acting so cheap? And then we find out why. And then we saw moves the Dodgers made under McCourt. And I was like, oh, this is why. So at least there's a little bit of transparency going on here with the Dodgers right now. But if I were a Dodger fan, I would be that strange combination of nervous and hopeful at the same time. Nervous because, oh boy... Are you kidding me? Financial reality has got to kick in. I was enjoying this bubble of this fantasy that we were going to be a team that didn't care about all that. We're just going to throw money at the window and constantly trying to put a great product on the field. But hopeful that Andrew Friedman will be able to show that, yeah, this is why you brought me in here. I know how to do this. I got this. I've been here before. I know what to do. Now, A lot of this could have been avoided. A lot of this emotion could have been avoided had the L.A. Dodgers won one of these years. Now, to be fair, the fact that the Dodgers are a viable, successful organization right now, well, that goes a long way of showing how this new ownership is a gigantic improvement over the McCourt years. And... As my dad said, I'd be pretty happy if I were a Dodger fan. I have a good product, and I make a lot of money. And that's true. But when you're accumulating this kind of debt that they have, I wonder how much of that is to do with their television contract or maybe previous ownership's mismanagement. I don't know. They haven't shown me the books. No one comes up to me and says, Sully, you want to take a look at our books? I take a look and say, hey, hey, really? Carl Crawford still is on the books here? Yeah, he kind of, sort of is. But alas, if you're a Dodger fan, you lament, really, two big Clayton Kershaw losses, three, really, in 2013 against the Cardinals, 2014 against the Cardinals, and this year against the Cubs. Because if the Dodgers had won any of those games, especially in 2013... If Kershaw had won that and forced a Game 7 against St. Louis, I think the Dodgers would have won that. And they may have gone on to the World Series and faced the Red Sox, and who knows what would have happened. But you got a World Championship out of the way, and a lot of goodwill allows you to come back and rebuild, or come back and make some decisions, and keep a few players hanging around for old time's sake. Hell, you look at how the Cardinals do business, they turn their players over left and right and they stay viable, and they're in the playoffs almost every single damn year, knowing that hey, look it, we're not going to, people are rooting for the laundry, so if we just keep a couple players that people remember, then they'll keep coming back, Provided the product's really good. But it's easier to do that when you have a pennant in 2004, a world championship in 2006, another world championship in 2011, another pennant in 2013. That's the sort of things that keeps a fan base uh, a little placated, a little happy. Hell, if the Cubs go on a major rebuilding mode tomorrow, sure, there'll be disappointed Cub fans, but at least they would have this year of 2016 to hang their proverbial hats on. Where well, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if the window of opportunity is closing or if it has already closed for the Kansas City Royals. But if it had, at least the Royals fans had those back-to-back pennants and memories that will last a lifetime. The Dodgers are facing, I don't really know everything based here, but they're facing a situation where They could potentially squander one of the great pitchers in their history, in Clayton Kershaw, maybe one of the best players in their history, in Clayton Kershaw, in his great prime, and walking away with zero pennants to go for it. And a front office that can say, We've done our job. We did what our job is to lead you to this point. It's up to you to take care of that. You know, it's the difference between the Angels of 2002, and all those postseason appearance they had afterwards, of which it was easier to swallow those postseason shortcomings because they had a championship early, and the Billy Bean A's who have had great year after great year and playoff appearance after playoff appearance, but no penance to show for it. Only one postseason victory, a series victory, to show for it. And it's a slightly emptier, hollower feeling. I've seen it up close. And now we're going to see how it affects the Dodgers. These are the things that you don't think about when you think about baseball as a real-life fantasy league, where you move players around and everything, that the real-life part of it seeps in. Real finances, real debt, real business obligations. How's it going to affect the Dodgers? I don't know. Has this been affected by their weird television contract situation? I don't know. Am I glad that Vince Scully doesn't have to see this? Yeah, probably. Even though my National League team is the San Francisco Giants, I have no ill will towards the L.A. Dodgers, and I would like to see them do well and go far. Not at the expense of the Giants or the Red Sox, to be sure, but I would like to see them because I like Clayton Kershaw, because I like superstars, and because I'd like to see this team be able to have that type of victory. And I think it's good for baseball when you have one of the big, huge market teams, win once in a while because it keeps everyone else on their toes. A few years ago, I wrote a piece for Hardball Times where I was imagining, a, at the time, the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Cubs were all in kind of dire straits. And I don't mean the band with Mark Knopfler. But they were in a situation where they were not very competitive. And I said, imagine a National League where the three of them are competitive at the same time. Which means the other teams in the divisions with them would feel an urgency to try to beat them as well. And I said that that was a positive thing. We'll take a look at right now. We've had the last few years. The Cubs, the Dodgers, and the Mets have made the each of them have made the postseason. Every one of them made the postseason each of the last two years. Now the Mets and the Cubs have had pennants to show for it. Maybe 2017 will be the time for the Dodgers. Who knew the window may be closing faster than we thought? I'd like to see it happen. Andrew Friedman, they brought you in for this reason. You had all the money to spend in the world and everything, fine. Now you got a Tampa Bay Ray this. And yeah, I just turned the Rays into a verb. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Marching towards episode number 1,500. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 28th day of November 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.